everybody, and welcome to a really, really special episode of Yahweh Reddit. My name's Laura, I'm one of your hosts. My name's Maggie, and I'm the other host. And um, those of us, who, uh, you who've been with us for a while, uh, might remember season three, we read the private series. Uh, those of you who, if this is your first episode listening to us, our third season, we read the private series. <laughs> and the private series was penned by someone named Kate Bryan. It is a series following Reed Brennan, Reed Smith. Reed Brennan. Reed Brennan. Reed Brennan. Um, going off fumes here. We read this like a year and a half ago. Yeah. And we read it as kids. And she is headed to a academy, a school. Yep. She's on a scholarship and she ends up being very enthralled with the Billings house, which is like the very rich people on campus and a very um, elite, almost society-like thing. Uh, she ends up falling in love. She ends up getting involved in a murder. Uh, of her boyfriend she ends up falling in love again and other you know illicit affairs and things like this this it's, it's a wild ride series uh that Maggie and I had so many emotions talking about oh my god it's so much fun there was mystery love like Laura said she got lost on an island once after falling off of a cruise ship she, don't worry she did find a Dasani water bottle on said island <laughs> um, very exciting there was shopping there was a witch's plot line which was very fun yeah uh, yeah, this book just went like um, nutso butso in like the best way possible. Zero to a hundred. There were thirteen books. There were thirteen books. I think eleven, but we could be wrong. But there's also two prequels and then a spinoff series as well that we have not read. Yes, the spinoff um, series was with Ariana. This is a really long-winded uh, way of us <laughs> saying. Um, we found Kate Bryan. Uh, we found Kate Bryan. Very exciting news. It was a December night in 2022. It could have been a November night, but I'm, I'm setting the scene here. Here's the scene. Maggie was going through Maggie and Laura's Instagram account, um, scrolling through the private Kate Bryan tag, you know, trying to do some <laughs> outreach. When we found somebody doing the 12 books of December giveaway. Of, of books they'd written. Books they'd written. And Kieran Scott wrote the private series under the pen name Kate Bryan. And she wrote all of Kate Bryan's books. And so Maggie sent me this and I was like, it was a pen name the whole time. Uh, and then Maggie and I were like, what if we just like DM'd her and asked her if she wanted to come on the podcast? And she responded. So you guys, we have an exclusive interview with Kieran Scott about not only the private series, but other books she read, such as the High School Musical Yearbook, The Princess and the Popper, Lucky Tea, Virginity Club, literally like so many books. Right? I remember seeing so many of her books at like half price books when I was growing up and I would like almost grab them, but then I would be like, oh, I'll grab like this one instead this time. Yeah. Um, like, cause I remember like she wrote Megan McGowan's um, like Guide to Boys or whatever. And I always wanted to pick that one up and I never did for some reason. But if you were wondering whether Megan ends up with Evan or Finn, we may have the answers for you. We don't, honestly. I'm just going to cut that in the bar right there. <laughs> we don't. Karen doesn't even uh, have have ac uh, the access to tell us, apparently. She does She does talk a little bit about it, but yeah. I yeah, guess, unfortunately, if you're looking for that answer, we don't have it. You should comb through 40 minutes of an interview with her. Yeah. With us. Um, but yeah, so this is this is a, a really, really exciting step in our, our direction of our podcast. We loved getting to talk with Karen, and uh, that's what you're about to listen listen to uh, where she'll be talking about private what she's been up to what she did with Kate Ryan how she started writing as Kate Ryan it's really really cool and we hope you like it yep
private fans, get ready, because here's our interview with Kieran. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for this very special episode of Yeah, We Read It. Um, we just obviously heard our little intro, but we are joined by Kieran Scott, author of the Private Series and plenty of other YA books. Um, so hi, Kieran. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. This is very exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we found you on Instagram and really just slid into your DMs, and here you are. So uh, I would say that's a success for for us at least. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I'm not even sure how we found you. I feel like I will do late night um, and go through hashtag private <laughs> Kate Bryan series tags, and we'll just like spam comment. And then I think that you were doing like your December um, book giveaway, mm-hmm. and yes. that was how we found you. Yes, that was it. That was a, a last minute brilliant idea that I had. To yeah, I was just, just going to say, was that the first time you've done that? <laughs> it was the first time I've done that. I It's funny. I wrote under my own name, under Kieran Scott. I wrote YA, but I also, and then I wrote under Kate Bryan. And some people, some like Uber fans know, they know that, that the two are, are one, mm-hmm. but a lot of people out there don't. And I found as I've gotten older that when I mentioned that I wrote the Kate Bryan books, people freak out and they're so excited people really loved those books so I thought it would be nice to try to find a way for to help my fans on Instagram make the connection because then maybe they would come along for the ride to my newer books so yeah yeah 100% that's how we had found you obviously as we were saying but I guess when when was um the 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 pen name secret not so secret uh released or was it always kind of there for those like eagle-eyed fans or anything like that It's so, it's such a long story, but basically (laughs) the basic story is that when I was um, first starting out as a freelance writer and and starting with my own ideas, um, a friend of mine who was an editor had hired someone else to write a book under this pen name. It had come in really, really late and in really, really bad shape, but they had, it was so far along that it had already like, they they printed the covers. They print the covers way before they do the rest of the book. The catalog was done. So she just asked me to rewrite it for them as quickly as I could. And I'm a very fast writer. It was called The Princess and the Pauper. And um, I rewrote it and then it sold really well. And so then they wanted more books by Kate Bryan. So I was sort of stuck with this name. Like I didn't even choose, you know, but it ended up being such a success story. So I was happy to do it. But along the line, along the way, you know, sleuths on the internet figured out that the pictures of Kate Bryan were, were very similar to the pictures of Kieran Scott and they kind of put it together <laughs> and the secret got out, which it wasn't really a secret secret, yeah. but, um, you know, it was fun. <laughs> Did you always want to do young adult novels or like what, what kind of writing were you freelancing prior to publishing Princess and the Popper? That's what I started with. So I started, the very first book that I wrote was for a series, uh, back when I was in my twenties, YA publishing was really paperbacks. It was really like very mass market paperbacks. It wasn't what it is today. Um, And I had started writing for a series called Love Stories that was basically a monthly series that was put out by Bantam Doubleday Dale. Um, (laughs) And it was, each one was by a different author and each one was a standalone romance. And that's what I started writing. Um, So I was always a YA writer. When I was 22, I used to say my mentality was that of a 17 year old. And I think it stayed that way for quite a long time. Um, so that was what I really concentrated on. 
Awesome. Oh, awesome. So cool. Yeah. I also really love that your pen name was just kind of like a here, have it. And you're going to kind of keep using it now because you're good at it. Sorry. Like, yeah, I know you're stuck with it forever. I still have booksellers at indie bookstores who call me Kate when I walk in the door. Oh my gosh. That's so oh, funny. Oh my goodness. Wait, so was the princess and the pauper the first book that you got published or was there a different one? It was the first one under Kate Brian, I think the okay. first hardcover novel I published was under my own name. It was called Jingle Boy. It was a Christmas book. Um, <laughs> no. uh, and it was called, it was under Kieran Scott. But before that, there were plenty of these like paperback novels. Uh, mm-hmm. I wrote for the Sweet Valley High series. I, um, oh what else did I do? I did a lot of like quiz books for Disney and stuff like that. Anything to pay the rent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we saw on your your twelve days of giveaway, you wrote the the high school musical yearbook, which is uh, awesome that you got to do that. <laughs> I, yeah. I watched, must I must have seen that movie seven hundred times <laughs> just writing that. Book. Yeah, well, I know I read the private series growing up. I also read the private series growing up. Laura did as well. I yeah. think I read Princess and the Popper and also Lucky T. Um, mm. And obviously, a lot of people know you by the pseudonym Kate Bryan. So I guess. How does it feel to like have published a series of books and multiple books that have kind of shaped a generation of people that grew up in the early 2000s? I, it's, it's not something I think about that often. And it's so weird when it comes up for me because I, what I read when I was a teenager was Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> yeah. Um, I went from like Anne of Green Gables and, and Secret Garden straight to Stephen King. Like I was really into horror when I was a little kid. <laughs> Which might be why I ended up writing Private and Privilege. Um, But I love it when it comes up. I think a few years ago, Private was optioned for a potential movie. And I put that news online and I had the best night ever just getting all of these responses from fans and saying like, I've been waiting for this for years and I can't wait. And, you know, just all of this love. And every once in a while, when I have Kate Bryan news to share, I get to have that moment and it's so often that Hollywood you know comes calling and then they don't do anything yeah. and so I really live for that like fan response because I think that's that's what really matters and yeah you know just the very idea that people really loved those stories just makes me yeah. feel great yeah I remember like logging on like because there was the private web series and I remember like when I was younger like logging on and watching the episodes as they released and I found a DVD of it on eBay so we could watch it. We watched it. I love um, it. And, and like, but we're like such like ride or die. Like, I think like the books we read that like when, when there's changes we don't like, we were like yelling at the screen being like, this isn't what happened in the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's worse when you actually wrote it, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned there has been a bit of a difference between young adult novels now and young adult novels previously when. I, well, you're still writing them, but like previously about like 10, 15 or so years ago, what has changed in the genre, in, in the industry, in the business from writing young adult novels back then and mm-hmm. writing them now? It's very different. So I think, mm-hmm. I'm sure people have written dissertations on this, but from my perspective, having lived through it, mm-hmm. um, when I first started in the industry, it really was Sweet Valley High owned the day. There were five mm-hmm. Sweet Valley series. It was Sweet Valley U, Sweet Valley High, Sweet Valley Twins, et cetera, et cetera, down through chapter books. And it was really like you just churned it out, right? Like yeah. the Sweet Valley High series had a lot of different writers on it. Some people, people my age, their heart breaks when they hear that. But somebody wrote each, there was a different writer for each one because you're churning them out. You can't write, you know, 12 books a year. Um, 
And it wasn't, it was just kind of like pop. It was pop fiction. It was very, it was very um, digestible quickly. You'd read one of those books in a day. I mean, still, still we read some fat novels in a day because we're such readers, but kids would just read them in a day and forget about them. And there came a point sometime in the late nineties when people really were calling the death knell of YA. Like this is, this is a genre that's not working. No one's buying these books. And then Harry Potter happened. And even though Harry Potter isn't YA, that created such an explosion of young readers that people just started latching onto that and creating, I would say, higher quality. I think publishers went into higher quality, fewer books. Mm. So that's when um, we had Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. And then we had Gossip Girl. And then we we had just some other kind of big hits in the YA sphere and then Hunger Games happened or or Twilight happened, then Hunger Games happened and it kind of took off from there. So Mm -hmm. it's just like you, there's no mass market paperback series anymore, but that's all there was when I started. Yeah. So it's just very different. And now of course we might see the advent of paperbacks coming back because a lot of retailers are, are seeing that people don't want to spend the money for hardcovers. And so we might see a paperback Mm -hmm. original start to make a comeback, but I think it's just different now. I think I think kids have, are living through so much and I think that, you know, they're very, a lot more discerning about what they buy and, and what they see as entertainment. So. Yeah. That's yeah. so true. Cause like, I even remember like when I was reading YA, it was such like a, a way to like learn about like relationships and like sex and all these other things that like nobody was talking about. Yeah. And yeah. And it's, it's interesting to kind of feel like, like the, the boom of YA was kind of like learning with itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It really was. And I also like, I mean, wonder if technology has had, because I'm not a kid, I do not know anymore the audience for like young adult (laughs) novels, but I feel like it was so popular in the 2010s that now it almost feels like there's a bit of a vacuum and maybe it's because things are being not made into blockbuster movies anymore, but I feel like TV films kind of accompany young adult novels Mm -hmm. now. It does happen a lot. Um, And I think What's interesting too, what you're saying about you, what the things that you learn through YA, mm-hmm. now it's so much about diversity. It's about LGBTQIA identities. I think it's the same thing. I think that we're just getting deeper and deeper into- Exactly, yeah. It's almost yeah. like, oh, that was only the tip of the iceberg and we're getting lower and lower and more, I think, mm-hmm. robust and descriptive as we go. Yeah. Are, so I guess, like, especially in the 2000s um, and now dissecting 2000s media as fully <laughs> formed adults, yes. um, you know, you notice a few things that you're like, oh, this really shaped me as an adult and how I view and see the world. Mm-hmm. So I guess growing up and writing books through the 2000s, through the 2010s, is there anything that you wrote that you were really proud of? And on the flip side of that, anything that you wrote that you kind of regret? Oh, that's such a good question. What am I pr- most proud of? I'm literally looking at my bookshelf. They're all back there. <laughs> like it's got to um, be here somewhere. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I have to say Ariana is the character I think I'm most proud of writing because she was my polar opposite, you know, like, yeah. but I loved her and people loved her so much. Like I, I get more fangirling over Ariana than any other character I've ever, I've ever written. And I think it was because... I just leaned into that so hard. Um, You know, I just, every time I wrote a scene where it was her POV, I said, okay, what would I do here? And then I was like, okay, do the exact opposite. And I never wavered from that. And I just loved writing her so much because it was such a way to really explore, not me, (laughs) someone who is really not me. Yeah, no, I think we really loved Ariana too. And we talked a lot about the way she was written because it was like the, the drop of her being, you know, 
insane uh in like the fourth book of the private series was so awesome and like because obviously I'd read it before so I remember that happening so I was like going through in a different lens reading it now uh, and it was so cool to be like oh my god there's just always been something off about her and you are like picking up on these just like weird bits and pieces until it fully comes crashing down yeah and I always felt like she was very nuanced in the fact yeah. that she had um like very two sides to her mm -hmm. um and I love I love that you had such a good time giving her that depth because yeah. Like, she does inadvertently become insane, but I always felt like she had motive and reasoning that... <laughs> That's as it. That's who, the thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, as someone who, like, we all grew up insecure women, and, like, yeah. now I am can be moody and, like, also have my own difficulties with mental health, Ariana just takes things to the extreme and is very realistic and relatable. Yeah. I, yeah, that's the thing about her. She always fully believed that what she was doing was right. Yeah. No matter yeah. how how she's holding someone's face under the water, but she has a reason and it's <laughs> and she is justified. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, yeah, that was it was just really fun to write her. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have in mind then when writing the private series that you were going to do a spinoff of Privilege with her as the main character? Or did that like come up that you were just enjoying her so much that you had to flush out? It actually oh, came no. from the publisher. Um, Interesting. She had so many fans that they they called me one day and they said, "What do you think about this?" And I was like, "Oh my god, please, let's do it right now." Yes, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, she she was the one who was popping for everybody, and I think they enjoyed reading her too. So I think they wanted more of her. Um, mm -hmm. And I think at that point we'd sort of written her out because she was blamed for the murder and she ran mm -hmm. she ran, as I recall. Um, yeah, so they just wanted to bring her back. So there, oh there, that's how privilege happened. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, I'm excited about this question because, like, in a in a world of like reboots and revisiting things, have you ever considered kind of diving back into the world of Private or any of the other characters you've written, maybe in adulthood or later in life? I've definitely considered going back to Megan Mead's Guide to the McGowan Boys. Yeah. I don't know if either one of you read that book, but that is the second biggest seller I've ever written. And everyone just wants to know which boy Megan chose at the very end. It was either Evan or Finn. And I've never told anybody who it's supposed to be. Um, we were supposed to write a sequel and it, the reason why it didn't happen is so convoluted. I won't even get into it, but I have thought about writing a sequel to that. And I have thought about doing read as an adult, but I honestly think the way privilege ended Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just don't know if there's any, if, if I, I don't know what story I would tell. I would have to yeah. really sit down and think about it, but I loved the mm -hmm. way that it ended. Um, and I loved that Noel and Reed were both there. Like, I don't know. It was very, yeah. it was to me, it was very full circle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. And I do feel like with the, like the private series and privilege mm -hmm. too, um, you work yourselves into mysteries that are obviously, like you said, maybe inspired by Stephen King and what, what you've done. So in writing the private series and writing those books and constantly, constantly having to up the stakes, how would you write yourself out of those situations? And what were steps that you took to get the characters into those situations? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so with writing, I don't know, someone once told me that the best thing you can possibly do is write down 10 scenarios and pick the craziest one. You know, 10 scenarios of what can happen next and then pick the craziest one. So that's what I used to do when I was writing private um, to get myself out of situations because I really did. Like there was a whole, there was a whole 
book, I think, where Reed was like locked in a cave or something, with like on a on a deserted island. Oh, um, yep, yep, yep. That's <laughs> we remember that Paradise one. Lost. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Yes, I was trying to remember. I'm like, yeah, and I remember. My editor really wanted her to just be alone through the entire book. And I was like, people read these books because they love the shoe shopping scenes too, you know, like she can't just be in a cave the whole time. But anyway, yeah, it would, that was an exercise that I did a lot writing private. Um, and you'd yeah. start with things like, oh, you know, she, she figures, she finds a door, but then you would end with things like she has to pull off her fingernails to like do something, yeah. you know, like, get out. Yeah. Um, and then you'd pick one. Uh, but for getting into the situations, I have to say, I was very lucky to have a few different editors along the way on private and they would brainstorm with me for those mysteries. And, um, whereas I would always have like an inkling of what I wanted to happen next, brainstorming with these editors really got me, you know, it it really opened us up to really cool and crazy things. So, um, they helped a lot along the way. Awesome. That's so cool. Did you have any scenario writing the private series? If you can remember, because I know that this was a while ago, um, that were your like favorite scenario to kind of flesh out or any kind of like subplot that you were like god Mm. that was really fun to write when (laughs) writing the private series oh my gosh um let me think it's so funny that I remember like very little snippets as if I was actually there um so I have to say I love Thomas even though he was such a jackass and I loved writing him so much because again, like everything that came out of his mouth was something that either had been said to me by a smarmy boyfriend, or I could imagine a smarmy boyfriend saying to me. Um, So I, I really loved writing him and I was kind of sad that I had to kill him. And like, that was my thing. I just didn't, I literally wanted to name my first son Thomas, but we ended up not doing that. (laughs) Um, And then, but then once he was gone, I loved writing Josh. So I will say, Mm -hmm. Josh is based on my husband and we were like really like courting when I was writing it and we got married in 2004, like right in the midst of all of it. And he is like, he is, my husband's name is Matt. So Josh is Matt, Matt is Josh. Every time I read it, I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) this is clearly like the beginnings of this relationship. So the boys, I will say the boys, I really, I really was proud of them and I enjoyed writing them. I like plots in specific. I loved when we brought in um Noelle's half-sister I really I loved that I think that was book five that book five oh my gosh um but it might have been later like when they got I have like the first four over there (laughs) I think it was I think it was book five or seven she because because we did a casting call online for for a model for that character and then I got to go to the photo shoot which we did up at Columbia in New York and so she was like a brand new model she'd never modeled before and I was still writing the books when I met this girl who, who played her um, on the covers. And I ended up like changing her character a little bit based on her personality. It was just kind of fun. That was, oh, that was fun. A fun moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I think you mentioned earlier too, you were kind of in like your early 20s, maybe like mid 20s when you were sort of writing young adult novels. Um, I'm not sure how old you were when you were writing the private series, but how did it feel to kind of be into young adulthood and then having to revisit and flesh out high school characters. Was that hard at all? Um, it wasn't that hard for me because again, like I was, I think arrested development was a thing that was going on with me. Um, all of the things that I like to watch, all the things I like to read, we actually had magazines back then. Um, I was still buying the teen magazines and like teen Vogue and 17 and stuff Mm -hmm. and watching Disney channel. Like my husband and I used to actually watch 
Saturday morning Disney Channel, like Wizards of Waverly Place and oh um, Hannah Montana and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, that's what yeah. we did for fun. Um, so it wasn't tough for me then. I would say it's much more difficult now because I feel like, at least when I was in my 20s, life hadn't changed that much for teenagers. Now mm-hmm. it's just entirely different. Like the things they have to worry about and the things that they go through. Um, my son is actually 15 now, so I'm, I'm getting to experience it as a parent and it's just oh, wow. totally different. I, it's hard to imagine what goes on in their brains, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, shifting gears a little bit. Cause when we were going through your 12 days of Instagram, just, uh, as, as you were posting them, uh, you talked about your book, the virginity club that had gotten banned from some libraries. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to hear more about, uh, like that. When did you find out it was getting such a, you know, um, big reaction and, and what was it that like, like kind of processing that? <laughs> it was bizarre because I am such a prude. And I, I mean, honestly, I couldn't, I really couldn't believe it. So it was, we wanted to call it the virginity club in the beginning. The publisher said no. So we called it the V club to start. The hardcover was called the V club Mm -hmm. and it was really a very innocent book. And I think one, and again, this is hard for me. I'm sorry, because it's hard to remember, but I believe two characters did lose their virginity in the book, but totally off screen. (laughs) <laughs> and honestly, I'm 99% sure they regretted it. Like it was so like the, the message of the book was basically like, don't do it. You know? like, <laughs> That's but so I guess, funny. Yeah. I guess because there was sex and there was mention of sex and talk about it. Some, some libraries just really were not comfortable wow. having that on their shelves. And then the publisher completely pivoted when they put it out in paperback, they called it the virginity club. And there was a trade paperback and a mass market, which wasn't which wasn't, which didn't happen often back then, but they, mm-hmm. they did all three versions and it sold pretty well. So. <laughs> wow. I love incredible. that. That's awesome. I think um, it was when it came out in paperback that I found out that it had been banned. And my publisher, <laughs> my publisher oh, wow. let me know, but there wasn't really, it wasn't like it is now where like, we didn't really have social media to the yeah. extent we have now. So it wasn't like it was all over the place. It was just something I knew and I yeah. just kind of shrugged. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So um, we've talked about a lot of the books you've written, mm-hmm. and it's obvious you have a big li- library of titles that you've produced. What kind of motivates you to like keep going in terms of like writing and mass producing so much content? I can't not write, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sometimes, you know, sometimes I feel like it's a chore. And then when I actually sit down and start writing, I, I'm just like, oh my God, this is so much fun. Like, why was it, why did I think this was a chore? Um, it's just, it's a thing that's ingrained in me. I've been writing since I was really little. I, my, I always say my first story was published when I was six in our school newspaper about animal crackers that came to life. Um, <laughs> and then I have a lot of partial YA novels that I wrote in high school that are like the first three chapters of my love story with whoever I was crushing on at the time coming to life. <laughs> Um, it's just something I've always done. And then when I was in college, I thought I wanted to be a reporter and I took all these, um, I took all these like magazine writing and newspaper writing. And then I was such an introvert that I had a hard time interviewing anyone. And I literally made, made up the stories mm-hmm. and got A's. Yeah. Don't tell anyone. I'm just <laughs> It was a long time ago now. Um, so I realized I'm a fiction writer. Um, so and it, now it's just, it was always something I did for fun. Now it's definitely something I do for work. I have a lot of ideas all the time. There are a lot of ideas on my computer that I've not even touched. So I don't know that I have to, you know, every once in a while I do have to force myself to sit down, but I think that I'm always going to be a writer. 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you have like any tips for like aspiring writers or even just current writers on how to like keep pushing through maybe like writer's block or any other like creative obstacles that might come their way? Yeah. You know, when I'm, when I've experienced writer's block, I'm one of those people who definitely, I'm a huge proponent of just taking your mind off of it as much as you possibly can. I go for long walks. I read something that I love. I love the book Emma by Jane Austen. It's my favorite. Mm -hmm. So I read that a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it's just, I think that, you know, it's like literally taking long baths, taking long showers. You know how like you always have your best ideas in the shower, like just sort of detaching. And I had a conversation with my boys the other day about how like you have to be, allow yourself to be bored once in a while, because Mm -hmm. if you're constantly stimulated, your mind will never come up with anything new, just things like that. And then I really am also a big proponent of like, if you feel like you can't write, still sit down and like write a bad sentence and then just like write a bunch of bad sentences. And eventually maybe you'll write something good and then you'll get into the flow. Um, It's really, it's like exercise. You have to like force yourself to do it. And then you feel so much better (laughs) once you've done it. Yeah. Um, I think it's like what you, you go back to like when you said like writing can feel like a chore sometimes until you sit down and you're doing it and you're like, oh wait, this was, this was so fun. Right. Even one, if one brilliant line comes out, you've gotten somewhere. Um, and the other thing that I used to do was if I couldn't start, I would call my mom and say like, give me the first line. And she would say something like the pizza was cold. And then I would start the story with the pizza was cold and go from there. <laughs> so that's helpful. If you have a friend, we'll do that for you. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really sweet. <laughs> so we were kind of going through like your website too. And I know that you've published a few books under your own name, but we recently saw you were kind of transitioning into like adult novels. I know Mm -hmm. that Wish You Were Gone, you have a little cut out of it back there. I know that that (laughs) was published last year. And then I think you recently published a mystery book about a single mom investigating a small town crime and regrets only. Yep. So what made you want to kind of leap from one audience to the other? Or do you also juggle writing young adult novels alongside adult novel writing? So similar, it's sort of what I said earlier about me suddenly realizing that I was very disconnected from the younger generation. Um, I'm in my forties and I sort of realized one day that I had a lot of stories to tell for my own generation. Um, I've been an adult for a long time. So there's a lot, there's a lot of things that have happened. So um, I will say wish you were gone is based on, it's based on my family growing up. My dad was kind of a nasty alcoholic and Mm -hmm. in the book, the dad is a nasty alcoholic who they find dead at the beginning. And then there's a mystery about whether or not he was murdered or committed suicide or it was an accident. Um, And that was a story that I needed to write to kind of get out the emotions of my childhood. Um, And I had it in the back of my mind for a very long time. And then my father passed away and all of a sudden I started writing. So I think that that sort of that was just a moment that I, you know, I just kind of had to do that book and that it was a long, long process. It took a few years to get it right. Um, but I'm really proud of that book because every time I read the end of it, I cry. Like it's just very, it's, it's very emotional for me. Yeah. Um, but when we sold it, it was a two book deal. And then the second book I had to write during lockdown. <laughs> so uh, that was an interesting experience because that book to me is really me Um, aside from, I love writing mystery, so it was always going to be a mystery, but it was also me really trying to go to parties through my book and go to, you know, go to meet, go like have Halloween and have it be normal. And like, I wrote all these fictional scenes where I was like, that was me getting out of my house, um, through fiction, which was really kind of an interesting thing. And I really thought it sucked, but people seemed to like it. So good. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, it's more, it's more for me. I'm enjoying, it feels very freeing to me to be able to write adult fiction, um, and explore all, all like the things that adults feel and go through and regret and remember and all of that. Yeah. I, I find that really interesting that wish you were gone was partially autobiographical because I know for like right now I'm reading the art of memoir by Mary Carr and she writes that you're supposed to write the hard thing first, like mm-hmm. the hard scenes. It's like, you're not going to put it off. You're going to write the hard thing now. That's like really mm-hmm. traumatizing and like haunting the back of your mind. Um, so that's Mary Carr's kind of advice for like writing the really traumatizing, hard things in your life. I guess what was kind of like your process of like not getting completely consumed by the past yeah. when writing a bit about it and turning it into fiction? So I managed to, it's a multi-POV book, which is my favorite type to write. And I managed to make it not all about the family. So there are two characters who are not part of the core family, two friends of the mom. And I think that being able to take a break from writing what was going on inside the household and writing their points of view and having them have totally separate concerns and separate things going on um, helped me then kind of reset and go back to writing about what was going on inside the house. I also sort of, um, I, it was interesting to me to explore. So there is a teenage POV in the, in the book that's sort of like an amalgam of me and my sister, but then there's the mom that's in the household. So I was able to really sit back and try to imagine what it was like for my mom while Mm -hmm. in, in the situation, which was just a really interesting process for me. And, um, yeah, I think it was again, I in the in the original version there was a totally different scenario, there was a totally different ending. And I realized somewhere along the way, like and kept feeling like it didn't work and I realized mm-hmm. along the way that I was avoiding writing what I really wanted to write yeah. and what I really needed to write, which yeah. was the ending that ended up being in the book in the end. Um so I agree. I think it's like if I had just done that first, if I had just done that hard thing first, it probably would have taken me a year and a half less, you know, shorter to write it, but I did eventually get there. So, um, you know, it does feel good to have it out of there, out in the world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's really awesome. Um, speaking of, is there anything that you're like working on right now that you're really excited about or anything that you're going to start working on soon? Yeah, I actually am working on my third novel, mystery novel for adults. Um, it's right now it's called, you know, the type, which I hope they let me keep the title. They've changed my titles for both the other books. Maybe they'll (laughs) let me keep this one. Um, but it's just about that guy who manipulates everybody around them, you know, and he just is able to kind of, you know, poke the right little buttons to get everybody to do what he needs them to do. Um, and there's a murder and the question is, is, is he covering up for himself? Is he covering up for someone else? How is he using all these people around him? Uh, and it's just been really fun because I've known, I've known a few guys like that in my life and I kind of, I'm enjoying exposing the underbelly. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Speaking of like writing mysteries, I've heard that sometimes the the best way to write a mystery is like figure out like the, the who did it first or like the answer and then work backwards. Would you say that that is true for when you're writing mysteries or do you, you do kind of discover them as you go? I always have to know who did it. <laughs> like, I <can't. laughs> Always. I have to, because otherwise it's like, what red herrings am I putting in and you know, what clues will I need yeah. to, to set? And then how can I confuse the reader? If I, 
the only thing is that with Wish You Were Gone, like I said, originally it was a different mm-hmm. murderer. And then I had to unravel some things when I rewrote it. But that's the only time. Every other time I've done it, I've known exactly who the bad guy is. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that mystery has been a theme in your books, both past and present. That's great. I think like with Private... You know, it's funny. Private actually came about because Gossip Girl was so was so popular at the time, yeah. and everybody was looking for their own Gossip Girl. And I was actually friends with Cecily Vonsegazer at the time, and so my publisher said, "We really want to have a series from you, like Gossip Girl." And I said, "I can't just rip off Gossip Girl like that. That's a, it's cheap, and b, she's my friend. Like I can't <laughs> do that." So I said, "I'll only do it if we can do a murder mystery." Um, and that was what sort of set it apart. So that's how Private oh, came that's to be. So cool. I do love that. That's so awesome. (laughs) Um, So I think that we're kind of wrapping. We're getting close to the end of the interview. So I think the last question that we kind of have for you and so our audience knows where to find you is uh, just where should we be keeping up with like what you're up to and what you're working on in the future? Yeah. So Instagram is the one social media that I enjoy being on. So um, Kieran Scott author is my Instagram. I do have a TikTok account. I've never posted on and probably never will, but it's the same. If I ever do start, that's where you can also find me. And you know, I'm on Facebook. I do have a website. Um, You can find me in any of those places. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for talking with us today. This was so great getting to learn more about your writer experience and how you do things uh, and what you're working on and how you feel about things you've worked on in the past. So thank you so, so much uh, for doing this. Um, Yeah, we really, really appreciate you sitting down with us. Yeah, this was thank you for having me. Yeah, Yeah, this was really fun. Thank you. Of course. Um, But yes, listeners, keep up with Kieran uh, at Kieran Scott Author, like she said, and on her website. And we've got some, it sounds like we've got some more mysteries coming. So stay tuned for those.